We can be found on YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. Like, share, subscribe, and leave us a comment down below. Now, on with the show. Okay. We'll do it live, okay. fucking thing. Well, no. we'll do it live, I fuck know. it. And we're back. That guitar sounded nice. That sounds like me with my first echo effect when I was 16. Oh, it's so trippy, dude. <laughs> See, I don't know what it is about bass lines, man. I just, so, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me. I grew I, up in the South area. <laughs> you know what I'm curious? I'm curious if a lot of people like our intro music because I pick some weird shit sometimes. I know. You can always tell when I pick it because it's like fucking metal and shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like the outro music. Well, if you made it to the end, surprise. <laughs> No, I, that's actually one of the favorite things I did playing was bass. Because no matter what was going on in the song, I could hear it. I could feel it. I knew what I was doing because it's, I don't know, it's a lower range. And when you could always tell when I wasn't playing, too, because the song sounded hollow. <laughs> <laughs> I used to mess with somebody tried to do that. Oh, yeah, what do you do? Playing mid-song, you just stop. <clears throat> I do what, that. What happened? That sounded weird. Well, I thought I didn't do anything. <laughs> Douchebag. Uh, so we're continuing the economics uh type of episode we're gonna roll in the glass steagle tell me a story yeah this is an interesting story i was you know i spent the whole first hour research like why are we looking at fucking sculpted glass i'm like oh glass steagle not glass seagulls <laughs> fuck <laughs> <laughs> there's an hour i'm not getting back well, if you check out our other episode we, we talk about the brenton woods and the brenton woods actually ties in it ties that. in yes that's yes. that's the thing i was like oh brenton woods there it is again dude so yeah it's you, you went from a sound money paradigm and then you start distorting it, and it starts this giant uh, misallocation of capital. Money gets fucking easy. That's a lot of that's a lot yeah. of the reasons Paul Volcker jacked up interest rates to combat the inflation. I keep getting sidetracked with the why does this keep happening? Because it's they're natural cycles. We think we can kind of game these things. They're, that's what it is. Is people are trying to game it? There you go. No, it's, think of a sine wave. You, it's a three hundred and sixty. One side's high and one side's low. Yeah, it's the. It, but when you take the average, it should average out. Yeah, but it seems like this isn't a lot of times in history. This economics has not averaged out. It's always biased. It, it always does. But the average usually the ramifications for the average usually result in over war. a long enough timeline. Well, there, it always results in war. You game it, you game it, you start distorting it, you create conflict with other countries. And then there's a breaking point. And the breaking point usually is a lead to war. Yeah, isn't that what I was just saying? That's where the torches and the pitchforks come from, because eventually people just get tired and they're like, well, all right, yeah. violence it is. What type of war is it? Is it war within or war with without, yeah. outside hot, the country? Hot war, cold war, bloody war? Is it the kind where you just cripple a country financially? Is it fucking, you know what I mean? So, you um, limit their trade? Glass-Steagall is an act formed in 1933. It's a law that passed. That is a law that separated investment banking from retail banking to guarantee your reserves. Think Wonderful Life is a good example. Of yes, that. that's uh, that's, that, that's what I thought about the whole time. That's the, that I always hard back to it. This Christmas, you guys watch a Wonderful Life, so you can understand the whole idea of um, your reserves at the bank being covered. That, yeah. that that was a justification. Like if you go pull your money out and it creates a bank run, the bank could implode. So we need to we need to we need to insure those deposits so we can insure the confidence in the system. That's really all it is, too. Confidence. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, yeah, so Wonderful Life, and it was in 1947 is when that movie was made. Was it about that time period? Yes. 
<clears throat> it was an understanding of that. That's the, yeah, that's the sub-message of the whole thing. Dude was about to fucking off himself over that shit, too. Well, the message in the movie, in the movie is community-based, uh, not government-guarantee-based is what it is. It's the community itself coming together to try to figure out the problem on the bank run. Oh, If you yeah. watch it, the government doesn't come in and save his bank. The community does. He, yes. talk, he talks them all out of it. Well, I can give you 20 bucks. Will that get you by? <laughs> well, not that, yeah, they come at the very end, they, and they give them what they have underneath their mattresses to kind of prop up the bank. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I get good luck that happening nowadays. Oh. Come on, yeah. sell your Nikes on eBay and just help me out a little bit. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this would be a good way to lead into this. So the whole idea of Glass-Steagall was to guarantee bank reserves and is a guarantee that banks couldn't expend their deposits past a certain point. Because banks at the end of the day, they, they issue mortgages and stuff, but they can't issue, they can't just issue indiscriminate mortgages. They got to do it with the amount of re- the deposit reserves they have at the bank. Deposit reserves are your money. So they're basically, and that was the whole idea of fractional reserve lending. If you put your money in our bank, we're going to lend it into the market, but we're going to offer you a return of a, a decent interest rate to incentivize you to keep your money parked in our bank. And that's what plumped your savings. Was well, the that, but, return, so, right? but it, it led the competition was within the, the banks to incentivize people to park their money in those banks. Bring your money here. We'll give you X. We'll give you a better interest rate. Yeah. Cool. Who would not do that? But it also comes with other factors, too. you got to make sure that that bank isn't making a bunch of fucking risky loans. Again, gambling with your money. That's that's how I, that's, that's how I can deduce it down to the most. You see, and I, I would be cool with the bank gambling with my money if they guaranteed a decent return. So if you're guaranteeing me 4 or 5%, would you park your money in a bank guaranteeing that right now? Yeah. Fuck yeah, in a heartbeat. That is a fucking, on, on the way interest rates are nowadays, that's an awesome return. Yeah. So the banks had a hold. At, so the banks were, once we went through Glass-Steagall, they had to hold X amount of reserves. And they couldn't get risky with a lot of the stuff. The enrichment side was supposed to be for the investors only. <laughs> so that, what that, happened? Yeah. So what happened was. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, one night on a bender. So, uh, so the, current, the current, what is the current reserve rates right now for the banks? You know this one. For the banks themselves, borrowing from the Fed? No. What's the What's the reserves that the banks got to hold for depositors? Oh, isn't that thirty percent? Like no, it is Nothing. zero right oh, now. Oh, it's zero. Yeah, that makes me feel secure. So, well, what was Glass Steagall supposed to do again? Keep you from doing that. Keeping banks from doing that. You have to be able to at least back some of the some of the money that's in there. If you're if you're sending it out, you got to be able to back it, right? Well, not in that, but what? So, what's the what's the saving? What's the interest rate on a savings account right now? Yeah. No, like nothing. <laughs> they can do that to you. But but so they, they had other mechanisms when they when they were running to this issue back in like the nineties, they started doing more money markets. It was a little bit riskier lending, but it was still guaranteed to a degree. And it had it was supposed to have a decent return, which it did for a while. But now the Fed funds rates like non existent and they pushed the they pushed the reserves requirements down to zero. So technically the bank Banks now, in your commercial banks locally, doesn't matter. They don't have to have any of your money technically in there. Because, and I that, but if they need your money and they don't have it there, they can just take reserves. They can take reserves from the Fed and just fucking. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So, since they have that backstop, if you need suddenly to pull out $250,000 they don't have, they just get that Federal Reserve money, boom, 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 done. Yeah, but nobody acts like, oh, we don't have that. They're like, okay, just give us a couple days, we'll get it for you. Right. It sounds. 
You know, I've seen drug dealers with a better business plan. I have too. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. What 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 would you think about when you start reading reading about the glass steagle? How much did you check out about it? Or um just that. It, it wanted to put restrictions on those banks that way you, your to make, money to make would be bank safe. safe. Yeah. Does this sound safe to any of you guys? No. No. So they don't they don't have to hold any of your deposit reserves. And they're giving you fuck all for you parking your money at their bank. So they're setting themselves up for another bank run, is what it looks like. Because, I mean, you do. But, but it won't be a bank run. The Fed will just print a fuck ton of money to cover all those losses. And then what? Our taxes go up? Okay. I mean, how about the price of, how about the value of money goes to shit? So then pulling your money out is useless anyway. What movie was that where the guy I, said I don't that? know because this is, so when you have a credit collapse, it's also deflationary. Oh, which means so it's painful, but not a bad thing. Which means the dollar ha- actually has purchasing power. It 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 benefits you, but if these banks, this is where it gets really weird. Can banks fail? Are we going to back solve them all? If you have a collapse of credit, it's deflationary. So if it's deflationary and the Fed has to prop up all these back losses in the banks, and what happens do through a deflationary cycle, debt is harder to manage. What is what position does that put the Fed into? They're expanding the debt, and since it's a deflationary cycle, it's harder to manage that debt, and they're backstopping every depositor's trend money. So it's like somebody who's bad with money suddenly has to tighten their belt and don't know what the fuck they're doing. And at the same time, they have to expand the amount of money they're paying. Oof. No wonder they've been staffing this off for years. It, you you <clears throat> run into some really fucking wrong, not wrong, but... Bad avenues of which the step forward is. Yeah, I mean, what happens when you have to liquidate your assets? Who's going to buy that yacht? Not that, but if, if we're deflationary, there's going to be a loss of tax revenue. Tax revenue is what helps fund the scheme of the federal of the federal Federal Reserve. Yikes! So we're deflationary. Debt's harder to manage. Companies go under. Do a defla- deflationary cycle. This is cascading Let's, further yes. and further and further. And they're trying to backstop all these things. I mean, can they really backstop all the banks when they go through an implosion? Because there's no actual capital in them. Well, that's and what we're like going you to do just deflationary. Said, you can't because now your tax revenue is a fuck all. Your money's yeah. actually, you don't have to. If oh you don't God. think that's not possible, just look at 08 as a prime example yeah. of where it is true. You literally made my blood pressure go up. Just explain it. I'm like, oh my God, no way. Because I know how that happens. And all they're doing is amplifying the effect at the end. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. actually, they're making it more deflationary in the process and they don't even realize it. But how could they not? These are the professionals that have all went to college. I went to college. Yeah. So what, those Ivy League schools are turning out nothing but propagandized people? I think a lot of them have a, a <laughs> shitty understanding of real economics and how unintended consequences happen. No, that's exactly how the, I this, see these this, people, too. The economics that we cover on the show, Austrian economics, they don't teach that shit at all in school. They don't want anything to do with it. No way. Because it relies on accountability. Oh. And, and the system not being gamed. It, it, it relies on real market operations, a free market, free choices, all these things. You can't have those and have... And have the government involved because it, it, they're, they're two opposing forces. See, this is what happens with those pretended jobs. The accountability. You can talk your way out of it. You can make up all the excuses. You can launch your investigations. Imagine like with a real job, a tangible blue-collar job. You know what I mean? If you were this Market bad demand, at it, you'd be, yeah, but you'd be fired at this shit. I was there in the 90s when it was the land of rape and honey. You could have bad mechanics in your shop and still make money and have the good mechanics go back and fix their shit. Yeah. 
But when it gets so bad, eventually your reputation is going to go down and it's over. How come these people don't have that same accountability? There's back because you're you're back. You're side. backed by the fucking yeah. Go- yeah. If the government's standing behind you and all the bad repairs you did, no problem. Not to mention they're like, okay, bar bad. With yeah, the five hundred dollars in free oil changes comes from the government. You're good. Yeah. Oh, I'll go back. I got these free coupons. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the perfect analogy too. Oh, God, dude, it makes. Oh, I'm gonna throw up. Good thing I didn't eat anything. Uh, the next thing I wanted <laughs> the cover was an emergency measure to counter the failure of almost five thousand banks during the Great Depression. That's what kind of that Ooh, was. Ooh, five thousand. Wow. Yeah. So if you look at what that was, that's a fucking. I want to say the numbers break down to around a five or ten percent of the banks is what went belly up. Oof. We can't handle a five or ten percent implosion of the banking sector. Why not? I, I'm asking. I know. That's like, wait, wait, why not? Yeah. Why does that sound? So that means that 90% of the market's doing normal. It's, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's that's, holding that, it together. That, that, that gives one pause. 10% is a fucking emergency. 90%. That's, oh my God, it's up to 10%. Well, hold on. 90% is doing okay. What is the emergency here? Well, my brother owns one of those banks. So, you know, we got <laughs> Christmas parties will never be the same without him. Yeah, so it was largely repealed in uh, 1999 under the GLBA, which is the Graham Leach Bailey Act. Yes. And um, so originally, um, the the whole idea of Glass Steagall had two primary objectives, and one was to stop bank runs. You want people to because you back then you had to have, you actually had the capital you had to have the capital in your bank well, they dealt a lot more it wasn't cash, just right? zeros that you can just transfer from here to there and bullshit it oh yeah you had to physically yeah. physical money yeah you can't bullshit that e- even even fiat <clears throat> is more real even fiat dollars is more real than zeros on a computer no shit because you just oh wait you know here hold on let me just hit enter and there you go cool we wired it you okay. got it it's there yeah where'd that money come from next please yeah, came from somebody else's account. Magic fucking fairies, get out of here. We borrowed, well, a lot of times people don't realize these banks is borrowed between each other to cover the reserves. Oh, it's the most shady fucking, oh my God. Yeah. And the, the, so the second one was to restore public confidence in the U.S. banking system. Okay. That what's, seems like a legit noble cause, number, right? What, yeah, well. <laughs> well, think about it. If you have a lot, if you. You ever hear stories from like your grandparents about storing money in mattresses? Yes. Why do you think they did that? So nobody else could steal it. So because the, there was a lack of confidence in the banking system. Oh, so you're better off putting it in your so mattress. Yeah, everybody's like, "Fuck, I'll just take my money out of the bank. I don't trust those cocksuckers." You show. Think about it. You're out dicking around. You're like, "I'm gonna go to the bank and pull some money out because it sounds a little weird." And you show up and the bank's closed. Yeah. Oh. Permanently. No. Yeah. So where's your money? <laughs> Poof. Yeah. Gone. All Fucking that. Bob. Oh, that explains my grandparents <coughs> so much because there was always an on-hand reserve that my grandpa had, which is why, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Because I, I, he grew up during those times. I'm a huge yeah. believer in cash at your house. Not a lot, but Just, enough. But enough, enough to get by. Cash and what, resources. And I like the one thing that that lady, the, one of the videos that I was watching on those things that you sent me, and the chick was talking about jewelry. Throughout history, jewelry's always been a thing, especially if it's gold. You know, it can be... Precious it's, metals. It's the it's, it's the inherent productivity cost and getting the metal to the market. But have you ever seen? And think about this: in the worst catastrophic emergency, you take all your jewelry, put all your rings on, put your bracelets and shit on. The fucking economy's down. Fucking satellites are shit. Everything's gone to fuck all. And no, what a dollar's worthless. It's a piece of paper. You're like, cool. Let me wipe my ass with that. Like, can I borrow that real quick? I'll give it back. But 
at trading posts, people were getting out of countries and leaving like Lebanon and shit like that. Like, fuck it. Here you go. Here's a gold breakfast. Will this get my family on the truck? Boom. Done deal. Well, the thing people don't realize is we, we actually used to mint money here. So you could take your gold to a mentor and he would turn it into a, a tradable coin. So before we operate slick, I like it. So before we had the, the, the greenbacks and the dollar reserve notes and stuff like that, you could take it and they would mint either silver or gold into a, a coin and you can get it done on the spot. And and they and they had it calculated. Like if we if you bring us gold, we can mint it into a coin, this coin's worth this amount on the market. Nice. That's good. Cool. That's tangible. It is. And that's that's kind of why I'm scared of like the whole, oh, we're going to move to a cashless society. Great. Why? So some hacker can make everything fucked up right now? I, I don't think the hacker is my problem. My problem is the banks having huge abilities to distort everything. Yeah, at that point, it gives In, them Individual power. transactions. If I can tax every single transaction. That's what I don't like about that. You Vimo me money and there's a 1% tax on it. It's like, dude, that's bullshit. Get your fucking or, hand or out of my wallet. That, but at the end of the year, you go to do your taxes. You're like, we know she got some money too. We know you paid tax on the time. But now we need you to incorporate it into your actual earnings for the year, too. Yeah, that's bullshit, dude. Private private transactions should not be taxed. I agree. Yeah. What, no. what about what do you think about that, man? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not on term or you know, I don't like digital currency. Why is that? What? Why is what's your? The government could basically force you to only spend money here or. When the, let's say they give you your taxes back or whatever, hey, you can only use it for this and not this. Well, yeah, think about it. okay. So if there's books because for the longest duration in human history for history, a lot of books written by some of these economists, the Austrian economists we talk about, they weren't allowed to be taught in a lot of American, like coming around the 50s and 60s. Like that was like don't that would wake us up, wouldn't it? Yeah. So they they didn't a lot of these books weren't easily accessible. Now they are. So if you ever govern, you have control over where you're allowed to spend your money. You don't think the government would say, we don't deem this book viable. We'll sell in this country, but you can't use our currency to buy it. <laughs> you don't think that's legitimate? I leave myself a note on that one. I'm going to look more into it. But, but do you, don't think that, you don't think they would do that? This, okay. If you don't think they would do that, what has the left been saying? The righteous is bad. There's a lot of examples yeah, of the I know. right. Yeah. The right's just as bad when it comes to squeltering a different opposition voice. Right. They just lost a, they lost a lot of their institutional power, so they can't rein down that position anymore. Right. But the left took that flag up with spades. And they're what? Just telling people to buy into this bullshit? Just no, that just if we don't like an idea, we'll burn the books. We've been doing that. That's been happening in America. In one, it, one, some way, shape, or form. It's yeah. not necessarily the literal burning of it, but look at like how many Well, Fiddler on the Roof was one of the ones that we were trying to fucking ban. A lot, a lot of these, a lot of different books, especially Isn't that a Russian thing. Uh, it's about a Jewish guy. A Jewish, okay. He's Russian, but but anyways, it was it was a decent movie. It was a good movie. Okay, okay. But um, a lot of that is just you got to silence these people that are explaining how things, the reality of things actually how they operate. Yeah, like on the grander scheme of things, we've I've been saying that for years. They keep people dumb because they're easy, they're more easily managed. God forbid people people wake up and realize you're taking them for a fucking ride. The retaliation again, torches and pitchforks, wars. Yeah. So it things. so basically, it's it's believed that um, the 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 merger between commercial and investment banks prior to the Glass Steagall is what caused the Great Depression, and that was that led to the whole thing of all these banks not having the deposits because of that. There wasn't mm. there wasn't that. So we and that kind that kind of led into the whole thing too of why we needed the FDIC. It was a combination where we need to regulate a lot of these banks so they can't invest in risky areas. 
and then we need to regulate the investor side so they can't bleed into consumers' deposits. But they, we, at the same time we're doing that, we're also saying we're going to backstop all these banks. Right. With that's, the FDIC. That's your FDIC insurance. Yes. Make sure it, that, it led out of this. To make sure no matter what, if you pull your money, it's there. That's what the FDIC did, right? Yeah. Even if somebody fucking... Well, like, what is it? Were they there in the, in the age of cash and everything? So if a bandito comes in and just robs a fucking bank, they're like, well, we got to put up an insurance claim now because... How many people you think... Okay, if that's true, I guess bank robberies never happen anymore. Now they look different. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, though, but the whole idea of robbing banks, that's always been around. Oh, sure. Was, it, was anybody insuring those deposits before? No, right? So what happened What happened in the Wild West? Somebody robs a bank and they're fucked. But even then, so <clears throat> if the government's offering the FDIC, where does the government get that money from? Again, because it's a big circle. This comes right from you anyway. Yeah, it's coming from you. <clears throat> so now you're backing other people's deposits? Hmm. So hey, this is a better way to look at it. So now you're backing risky commercial banks' deposits. See, that's... You don't think these banks found a way to obfuscate this, this scenario? Well, like you said, with the law, every time they make a law, somebody finds a way to exploit it and the loophole and everything yeah, else. Yeah, understand. Like, the government's idiots. They can, they can put all the regulations they want. There's smarter people in the private sector. Period. Period. And yeah. end of conversation. There are wow. smarter people in the private sector. <laughs> so true go to dmv yeah i mean anything you want to add to that man or well, even if they put all these regulations on you always have these lobbying groups that go ah, hey, little tunnels in yeah, good point hey, <laughs> hey if you want to get reelected, put this in this bill or whatever yeah or, that's actually yeah that's a good point or, <laughs> no matter no matter what you're gonna have that second voice going hey dude why don't you just put this little loophole in there you don't have to announce it publicly well, yeah. you know what a prime example of that is is uh bill clinton so he was he was one of the big <laughs> was proponents. That? Was he he was a president? But right? he he was one of the guys that really helped get rid of it, the Glass Steagall Act, and they did it under the guise that we need to make lending easier for black communities. Noble cause. Okay, how about the fact that some of these people should qualify? That was the, that was was, well, hold on, was, now, it, was that oversight? Was that oversight? If somebody like literally that's like saying, well, this guy smokes, he's got one leg, but we're going to put him in the race anyway because we need to be fair. But if, if, you, <laughs> yeah. but if you understand the dynamics of population and, and, and races and stuff in America, okay, they were saying black communities weren't getting a lot of loans. Yeah, they also make up a smaller portion of the population. Fair. So if you were to look at the amount of white people not qualifying for loans, it's way higher. It's astronomically higher. Yeah, because there, there's, a, there's a benchmark of, of that you have to be to legitimize to borrow money. Well, who's going to take a risk? Who's going to loan you money when they know you're not going to pay it back? Exactly. That's that's the point of loaning money. So all money. of a sudden, you have, you have a black community where, let's say the black community, only 10% of them were qualifying. So back then, it was probably around 10 or 12% of the population. So if only 10% of those people actually qualify them for the loans, it's going to have the view that it, it's systemically racist. No, it's not. Those people weren't qualifying. So now we made these super lax lending standards by getting rid of that and allowed companies, allowed banks to get riskier. And even allowed investment banks to get into the lending market and doing mortgage-backed securities. Mortgage-backed securities was the investor side of the equation, getting super risky. And so what it would do, it would buy up these bad loans from commercial banks and then bundle them up and sell them off in tranches. The, the big short does a good job of breaking this stuff down. Yeah, I've seen that a couple times, and it's still going, wait a minute, so you can buy up these bad loans and make money off of them? The middle guy makes a ton of fucking money. But a lot of that, too, was under the guise of, we need to make 
loans more affordable to impoverished peace people. That just made well. We saw how that worked out. We all I lived through that. All they so. did was try to increase the net of the amount of people that can snag into the equation of putting money into. Well, the they market. didn't care. Fuck it. They'll live in the house. We'll default. We'll kick them out. We'll sell the house again. We'll but make I, them in. I I, just, I think they were under the impression that everything was going to go up forever. No one. Every has recency bias. It's always been going up. So this is how it goes up forever. Yeah, I remember that and going even thinking that's wrong. There's no way. It's. I mean, you you seen the Big Short, didn't you? Yeah, I did. What What did you think of that movie? I, th- at, I thought at the they, end I was they, they mad do, because they do an the amazing well they do yeah. an amazing job that movie to, yeah. to show you what happened in the 2008 crisis. Yeah, didn't it, 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 that started out right when they were becoming aware of it, and you see the stress on everybody's faces and all. The well, arguments. no, nobody was. There was only a couple of key individuals that were saying like, "Well, yeah, there were." Wasn't it the one? Fuck, I forgot the one guy. Fucking when he was talking about, it, he's like, "Oh my god, this is going to be a fucking disaster. Michael Burry. Burry. Yeah. yeah, that that movie is like really, really intense for not being that intense. If you understand the concept, yeah. Steve, like, oh, you know it's my favorite. Character. I want to watch that again. That but, my favorite game. character in that movie is Steve Carell's character that he played. That guy, Steve Eisman. <laughs> he was just a fucking asshole, and he would call blatant people blatantly to the face. He, he hated banks after after seeing the the dot com crash. See, I definitely got to watch that again. And um, he is like this is this unapologetic asshole, and he just he says what everybody's thinking in their head, but he says out loud to a lot of these guys, and he's getting mad at them. <gasps> <laughs> like, you don't know what you're talking about. I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. You're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been in the first place, but there's no going back. Another yeah. good Dude, that's one, awesome. Um, have you guys watched Too Big to Fail? Uh, I don't think I have. It's a good one on the banks, basically, in 2008. Oh, really? Uh, how the government, hey, you guys have to do this. Yeah, you guys have to do it to prop them up. That way, the economy. Is it like a movie or a documentary? It's it's a movie. Okay. But it, it's a really good movie. It's a really good well. movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. The. the uh, Four Horsemen. That's another. Oh, that's one. a really good one. Yeah, that one's a, that one's that one's actually a documentary. Documentary. Okay. Yeah, the the the, the Big Short is um, they took the accounts of these guys and they made a movie. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and, that, right. and that one that one's it's it's you get to see a lot of the, the 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 experiences they had trying to figure out how true the bubble was. So like they're going to Florida and they're seeing like the stripper that owns multiple houses. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. I gotta watch it. Again. <laughs> and he's just like, "What?" I saw that right when it came out, like on, or not when it came out, but it was on HBO or something. And fucking, I just do not fucking remember that movie. Yeah, that movie. I totally gotta watch. Yeah, as you're saying it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that fucking shit was funny." Where was I at in life? And he was part? in the strip club trying to explain to them, yeah, "Hey, the this stripper." Isn't She's like, good. "What do you mean?" And and then like she like drops a bomb that she has like multiple houses with these adjustable rate mortgages. And he's like, "Oh shit." Oh no. Yeah. That's right. Fuck. Yeah, so it created the FDIC, guarantees your bank deposits um, to a limit. So the limit now is $250,000, $250, you're insured to. Outside of that, you're on your own. But oh, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. think that's even true. So if you have a major banking crisis and everybody's shit starts going evaporated and stuff just falling apart and banks' equity and equities are just going to the floor, do you think they're going to be able to guarantee everybody's bank deposits? Two hundred fifty thousand. No, not not even that. Just let's say the average person has like twenty thousand to ten thousand dollars in their bank account. If you if you took all the money that's in deposits and you just average it, it came out to like ten thousand dollars per person. Do you think the Fed's gonna be able to step in and backstop that when the economy's in free fall? Yeah, just print no. more money. Here, here you go. Yeah, but but it's not gonna be worth anything. It only take but three just checks. It. It'd take three weeks. Like this but not that. Check. But it, it, if the economy's going through a downfall and you're just, and you're doing that, and those people are turning around and burning the money into the market imi- immediately, so the money's like getting evaporated and spent through regular economic disbursement, what happens? And all of a sudden, all that money that they had that you that you gave them back that lost in the deposit gets spent into the economy. 
and the economy hasn't recovered. So then what do you do? Oh, it just keeps getting worse from there, dude. Well, then you start is- issuing stimulus checks. Yeah, that's <laughs> which is more taxpayer money. Oh, my God. Yeah, so um, also established the FMOC, the FOMC, the Federal uh, Open Market Committee, which is basically they tell you where the market's going and what we're looking at and different things like that. Yeah, F-O-M-C. fuck them. I'm not. It looks great right now. So I don't know. The markets are getting hammered, man. I know. I know the guy next to me is freaking out a little bit. <laughs> um, it, so what the FOMC does? They help cap rates and control the yield curve. Yield curve is what it, what the cost of borrowing money is. Uh. Yeah. So it it it's it always seems to spend out from the Fed. So the Fed wants to push it down so they can get cheaper money lent to the government at lower rates. But what the problem is that ripples out into everything else. It ripples out with bank reserves. That means the government gets the money cheaper, and then they get it into the bank reserves, and they can lend it at a cheaper amount too, and it starts to feed on itself. So if you have everybody driving down rates, what does that cause everybody else to do? Drive down rates, and it causes other people. When, when you have comp- your supply and demand on it. Well, not that, but when you have competition and one person's driving down rates, and what are they going to do? They're going to consume all the business. So then it forces everybody else to drive down rates, and then it forces other people to drive down rates. And all of a sudden, you start this downward spiral effect. Well, since rates are dropping with one person, everybody's going to flood them for the refi. So it's going to force everybody else to do the same thing, which ends up being a bad thing. Yeah, because it's still business and everybody wants the business to come to them. So but they have that, to be competitive. So right? the rates go down. So rates go down. You still have to generate the revenue. So if rates are going down, you have to generate revenue. You have to expand the net bigger. So you make it, out, make it up on volume kind of thing. Yeah. So you, now you got to go into way more risky people that are not good investors just to try to generate something. Oof. You're, you're squeezing your margin super thin, and you're going to make it up in volume. Right. And it doesn't matter how risky the volume is. That sounds very similar to, like, the, the government speculation whenever they, like, try, oh, we're going to increase taxes. is like, you realize that never works, right? You're still going to take in the same amount of money. People are going to flee. People are going to find loopholes. I mean, it never works. So when you're trying to increase your revenue <laughs> and you go into these risky fucking things, does anybody... How do they take into account how much of a risk it is? Oh, fuck it. We'll still make something on it. I mean, at the end of the day, it comes up to their spreadsheet and their boss going, we got to make this much money. And this is why it gets really bad because now your idea of what normal risk is is now greatly distorted. Man. You remove you remove the mechanism. That's that's what I'm getting at. Of suffered dist- risk. How much distortion yeah. you can never tell, right? Well, not only that, but if, if you don't really have a real risk because a lot of your bad behavior for, for the company you work for is too big to fail. <laughs> What's your real risk at that point? There you go. None, none if you're going to get bailed out, right? Yeah. I mean, you don't really have the risk. God, it, that sounds like a circle jerk of money. It is. It's fucking terrible. But the circle jerk can only continue to happen with the central banks propping it up. At some point, at some point, the whole thing's going to implode on itself, right? How bad could bad be? Uh, there's a famous saying, I know you've heard this, the market can be solvent longer than a person can. So if you're betting against the market, good luck with that because you don't know how long they can game it. Hmm. You can always keep changing the goalposts and moving what the what the real thing is and what the real metric is. And as long as you have everybody believing that, then the person that's ah, seeing it can't compete. Key, it? Yeah, so the person that understands it can't compete against the crowd dumbness buying into it. No shit. And that's where, oh, that makes sense because um, what was uh, Owen Benjamin was talking about, the value of physical labor versus influential labor. 
where that's why, you know, our job is worth X, but then somebody who can go out and pick up a microphone is now worth 50 times more than your physical hands can do because you can influence the masses. Not even that, but just pictures and just building your own brand and shit like that. Yeah, shit like that is actually has more value because the ability to influence people, and that actually literally yeah. answers that question it, it, right If there. we could make money doing this podcast, it'd be awesome, but even if we don't make a fucking dime, I don't give a fuck, dude. As long as you open people's heads, that yeah, was the just, whole idea. That's the idea of art. This is like art to me. It's 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 just to put it out there and have people interpret it. Yeah, you can think we're 100% wrong. Cool. Just listen, think about what we're wrong, and, and then try to weigh it. As long as you're, well, it forces you to exercise your brain. Do it, please. Please, by all means, fucking think. Anything you wanted to add to that, man? No, it's just like, this podcast is like, even if you, like you guys said, don't agree on it, it causes people to go research it a little bit more and start That's opening all their eyes. Just, just, just look into it. If you think I'm so wrong, just... Yeah. But so but the, the understand though uh, the FOMC capping rates and stuff like that. So if this is a good way to look at this, and this is why capping rates and getting involved in the yield curve is super bad. If you have a company that's kind of a bullshit company, but the yield that the yield rates are capped and they're starting to cap a lot of the private and junk bond markets, are you getting the real risk analysis? So you'll know. <laughs> Well, rates are a justification of the risk involved with that investment. So if you have a company that's bad and they're kind of junk status with a bad balance sheet and bad history, they're going to have a different rating. It ain't going to be triple A. But if you're capping real yield rates and there's only a small difference, like the difference between the triple A to a double B is only like 2%. Well, fuck, dude. Like, that's not really a, a, cost, a cost analysis benefit. If you have something, so if that bond goes belly up, you don't get anything. So if the rate's only 2% and you have a, a chance of losing the entire thing. Why would you take the risk? Right? Yeah. You run into some really fucking weird areas. Like you've seen it with the high yield fucking collapsing on itself. Yeah. Yeah. That should have never been backstopped by the, by the government. They went in through and bought the, all the fucking bad corporate debt. And even the good corporate debt that should have been selling on the open market. Apple is a prime example of that. No shit. Apple has enough cash flow where they could have covered their debt margins, but they turn around and sold it to your government people. You all bought fucking Apple's bond debt. I hope you're aware of that. And it's crazy because technically they're not allowed to. Fuck buy no, that. that's super illegal. Yeah. Whoa, super illegal. <laughs> and nobody got arrested over that. No, we we just did <laughs> it like fucking a couple months ago or less. Oh really? Yeah, that, that's just Apple. That doesn't include all the other ones when everything was, f when the entire bond market was imploding on itself into the black hole of fucking negative yielding rates and nominal yielding rates. Jesus. Now I know why I haven't followed a lot of this. It's fucking just, oh my God. Talk about getting mad at humanity. Yeah. Like you, think, you thought the middle class struggle was bad. These guys are jack offs. Oh, dude. And all, and all of them are in the same bubble, feeding the same type of ideas. Well, what is it like the, the fish, the fish in the. Have a fish point out water to you. Yeah, that's what's what that? that's what these guys are doing. So it's almost better to like you have to have an understanding of the economics, but don't necessarily listen to what they're saying as much as you have to watch the rhythms of what all the fucking lemmings are doing. Going, oh, they're going over there, which means this and this is going to happen. And that's, here's here's the lie being sold today. So here's where and you that's, invest. That, being a, being a good investor in understanding markets is understanding when you start hearing everybody said this is the best time signals right 14 year high in housing markets we're selling so many and they're so expensive does that sound like a time to buy see but you got to think what's the backside of this where's the investment going to be after the housing market fucking blows up oh no that who's even to say it blows up either how could it not 
Because you can game the system. I understand. Oh yeah, they from everything they learned in 08, they can keep it from fucking blowing up. They've gotten really good at it. <laughs> they're they're and but they're having troubles with it still. Right. Because an economic downturn gives you a cash flow issue. Yeah. So um so basically ran unchallenged until 1980. And then 80 we had the savings and loan crisis, and that was a drying up of um, banks going up. So basically what was happening is uh, Paul Volcker started raising interest rates. So all these companies, like savings and loans, a prime example, they were lending to the market at a lower interest rate. And then we were going through some, we're, inflation was starting to rear its head. Inflation destroys economy's purchasing power. So it all of a sudden it de-incentivizes people to go out and spend and stuff like that because they get scared. They don't know what's going to happen. Everything's getting super expensive. They stop buying things because it's out of the, the affordable price range. You can manufacture that, though. You could try. <laughs> You got to remember back then it wasn't super a super global economy like it is now. Oh, yeah, that's true. Huh? So that was happening, and then um, inflation was starting to rear its head, so Paul Volcker stepped in and jacked up interest rates. Well, savings and loans had, had a bunch of mortgage, mortgages issued into the market at a way lower interest rate. So if you're, if you're issuing mortgages at a 2% into the market, or maybe 3 and now all of a sudden interest rates on your money in someone, inside someone's bank is now 9 to 12%, they're, they're, they're spending more in covering the interest that people are getting parked at their thing than they're making off these mortgages into the market. Uh, that doesn't look good on the spreadsheet. Not that, but so <laughs> so, so if, if you're a savings and loan, you don't want to raise your interest rates on depositors. You want to try to keep a low to mitigate your losses on the lower interest rates on mortgages. So what do you think it did to everybody that had money parked at savings and loans? I'm going to go to a different bank. They're offering like 4% more points on a fucking interest rate. And then that can create a run, right? And, yeah. <clears throat> all of a sudden now, you have a giant shortfall in the amount of depositors. And be, it, back then, we, they, they still had to hold on to X amount of reserves in those banks. Oh, so what happens when people start pulling it, going to other banks, and now you can't cover the mortgages that are already out there? That you're issued into the market. You can't really issue anymore. But, oh, wow. And interest I, rates are going up, and you're yeah, keeping it low. Rocking a hard place. And everybody keeps moving because you haven't adjusted your interest rates for that bank. Because you're trying to n- mitigate your losses from what you loaned into the market. So it sounds like it'd be the beginning of the end if you didn't know what you Oh, doing. savings and loans fucking imploded on itself in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, so people said that. What is it? Was it 88 or something? There was a fucking... Started in 80 and then started to just fucking snowball all the way to the That You ended up with Black Monday. And that was a massive sell Yeah, sell-off. and a lot of people don't even realize that that happened in the 80s. Yes. There was a stock market crash in the fucking 80s. Yeah, but, that, but the, the, there is benefits that came out of that. And the benefits that come out... It opened up options trading. And options trading is to help mitigate your downside. It really it showed how amazing options were. No one really used them a lot back then. Mm. And it, you know, you knowing options, you understand how critical they are to protect. It's almost like insurance against what you have your money out on. Yeah. So if, if you have Apple, say Apple trades at $100 a share, and you bought it when it was at 80 and now you're at 100 and the market's looking bad or maybe Apple's doing some shit that you kind of know about, you don't agree with, and you think it might go in a a weird direction. You can buy puts and the puts will pay you as the stock moves down. It'll give you the ability to rebuy your cost average down position all the way at the new value price. So you've mitigated losses, you've made profits, and now you've rebought in at the lower amount. It'll mitigate your overall cost per share. I know to that you sounds like a good deal. I know to you, you might like. I don't. I don't know what that means, but well, we've talked about puts yeah. and stuff before. But you, you know, really, you yeah. Have a, 
Mm-hmm. If you buy stock at a hundred bucks and you buy a put, let's say at fifty, and the stock goes down there, your average cost is gonna go yeah. up to down seventy five or something. Yeah. Like so that. Say, say say you buy a put at sixty and you bought it at eighty, it went two hundred, and then you bought the option put at sixty, and say it moved down to fucking fifty or forty, you made a fucking chunk of change. Even though you took losses on the overall cost of the stock initially, it pays you out in the loss. Yeah, so when you take your losses, you can unload those posit- you can unload your contracts, and then you can now rebuy the stocks at that new. With the money you made on the put, you can rebuy your cost average down. So now it'll take you from eighty dollars a share. You might get it all the way down to fifty, and if the company is a good company, recovers back up to a hundred. Your cost buying was now around fifty to sixty. But now your upside is fucking massive. You've made a so you've made money on it going down, and when it goes back, yes, oh, that's fucking. Cool. That's what options are designed to do. It's <clears throat> designed to protect you in those scenarios. It's <laughs> to, it's to help restabilize your your buying position. Right. So you, would you only do that with like a strong stock though? Like no, volatile stocks were good. So there's, oh, okay. there's two way to do options. You can do options just on the way of generating money, and options on protecting your position that you bought into a company. Mm. So, does cool. that make sense? Did I explain that good? I can't tell. No, yeah, I, like, I think you did. I can't tell what I'm talking. I was like, la, 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 la. Okay. Well, if it made sense to me, and I don't, I know very little <laughs> about it, so that actually that that was very enlightening. Thank you. So over the following decades, courts and the uh, security and exchange allowed mergers and acquisitions um, that were in violations of the act. So as we that this started to happen after the collapse in um, ninety in the eighties. After the singing loans kind of went bad, and we saw commercial banks getting risky, even though it's regulated, still fucking happened. We started seeing we started seeing bank collapses in the eighty. But how can that be? How can a bank collapse if it's insured? Indeed. Yeah, because <laughs> you can you can you can say they're insured. It doesn't mean the bank is solvent. Okay. So all that will happen is the bank will sell it off their position either to the Fed. Which I don't know if back then they, they were allowed to really do that, but now that's what happens. So the Fed actually owns a ton of mortgages that they're not supposed to fucking own. That's not their job. Fuck, no, it's not. <laughs> we talked about that before, too. Yeah. They're kind of overreaching now for what they're supposed to do. They're not overreaching. They're trying to fucking stabilize how risky everything really is. So right now there's a ton of bank reserves in the banks, but no one's really fucking lending because they don't trust it. So a lot of the bank now reserves are being or they're being used to buy into the treasury market. They're just looking for something that's a guarantee. And a treasury is issued from the government, from the Fed, and so it's a guaranteed there. Okay. I think that just clicked on why we devalue the currency to get to get make sure everybody keeps playing the game. Yeah, so SNL blowing sense. the lending, uh they lending more than they had, interest raising, I kind of covered that. And a in a in the and the bank has a lack of depositors. Um a lot of these banks should have collapsed during the, the, the 80s. Not enough, I think, collapsed. I think it, it was a total of 1,600 collapsed. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of them were in the mid-states. Yeah, about farmers banking shit. Yeah. <laughs> banks buy farmers for so then going you, out of business. So then you fast forward to the 90s, like late 90s. We go through the dot-com bubble. Right. We go So we go through dot-com, that implosion. We go through Bill Clinton laxing lending standards. And allowing more risky people to take loans. So if you have this if you have this market where we've made it super lax on lending to certain people that probably shouldn't be getting loans, and then on top of that we go through a, a bubble collapse of the market and the tech boom bubble collapse. Even the Fed chair at, at the time, I forgot who it was, 
um, was it Ben Bernanke? Yeah. And he said he even know. says you can you can catch in probably about two thousand. They 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 needed to blow a bubble in the market to have money funnel in a, out of stocks and into something else, and they funneled it all into the housing market. So a lot of people that were getting out of the tech boom were looking at for diversification so they wouldn't lose the, so they could reinvest the capital in something, and they, a lot of it flooded into the housing market. And that's what created the 08 bubble. It was just super risky lending because the market was getting market got fucking hammered from the for the dot com bust. But they, but they need that. So if the if the Fed's making a ton of money, so the, the Fed makes money off those transactions and capital gains in the market. So if the market implodes and the Fed still needs, still needs to generate that revenue, but the market's fucking sapped and there's nothing you can do there, what's a good market you can generate tax revenue on? And that's why they did that. Housing. Mm. Fuck yeah. That's a, <clears throat> think about that. Look, look how expensive these homes are. You're talking massive taxes on them. Yeah. No shit, huh? It's yeah, fucking especially in this state. And 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 then you just tell everybody, oh, it's stable. There's not an issue. We'll be fine. And people buy that. shit. And in the beginning, it was it was easy in the beginning. You had a lot of real people coming in and buying into the market. Real people. So right. as time goes on, once your real pool of people you're pulling from starts to dry up, what do you got to do? Get risky. You got to start getting the risk, and that's what really happened. Because I remember again living in that, you see the mentality of people. Oh, they bought a house. I want a house too. Now, I, I just refinanced my house. Got this Harley in a boat. Prime oh, e- I want a house. Prime example is that, that stripper in the movie The Big Short. People getting these ninja loans, no income. Ninja loan. That's yeah, awesome. no income, no job loans. Oh yeah, dude. That's <laughs> <laughs> fuck, dude. Really, I can do that. You just sign here. Yeah, yeah. And that's again. That was allowed. Really. And then we talk about like removing the standards from fucking loans. It's like, oh no, you got a heartbeat. Yeah, here's your money. Everybody's trying to generate revenue. And you could, yeah. As it perpetuates forward, yeah, it makes sense. If they have to keep investing stuff, you got to keep yeah. the, so all of keep a sudden, the system growing. And that, but so so Clinton drops the standard. You go, <laughs> you go through a thing where it's feeding into that bubble, and these people that shouldn't be getting loans are getting loans, and there's no you're removing all the standards for qualifying for a loan. So. Clinton does that, he makes it really easy for these ninja loans to take process. Also, these people. George Bush was just money. as bad. He he was. Oh, yeah. He, I'm he, the, he was a complete idiot. He didn't know either. He's like, yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah, he was a cabinet of people going, well, I have the authority. I'm going to sign it because Carl Rove said it was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> so so now that we kind of laid down where this is headed to and and the unintended consequences of doing these things. Do you think regulating and and breaking this up has really and not only that, but so now we're trying to re-implement Glass-Steagall. We implemented a small section of it. I want to say in uh, maybe 2012, but it doesn't. It didn't really do anything. It's like nothing. Yeah, and here we are now. Here we are now, and fucking reserve rates are zero, basically. Fucking interest rates are what are what are interest rates right now? So in applying that yeah, now with how it worked low. before, super low. We're printing a ton of fucking money. Which has, is bad. Has all this fucking regulating and deregulating really did anything? Or these natural cycles, were they, were they going to happen regardless? Yeah, it's going to happen no matter what. You can't stop people from being people. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how I look at it. And, and that's why I look into why, why this regulatory do, doing this never really works out the way you think it does. And I, that, but, so we do it. Unintended consequences. It is. It's yeah. unintended consequences of malinvestment because you created distortions in the market. People are going to pursue where they can generate yield. And all these people that are retiring, that someone's managing their account, they want those people to generate yield. And they, you think people that are retiring give really give a fuck about how the money is being generated as long as they're 
401k is growing? No. No, no the guy next it. to me doesn't give a shit. He just wants it to grow. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter how much I talk to him about how bad this is and what you're asking for. It's like, well, it, it, it's going to go up, but why? Because that's just how it's supposed to go. What? That's not a fucking answer. Well, it's just funny because if you listen to him, he makes investments based on what other people are saying, like their logic, the completion of their logic, and he's made a lot of money on it. Yeah. However. There's like three or four stocks I told him about, and there's a couple one that other guys told him about, and they've done pretty good, but I'm not invested in anything other than options right now. Hmm. I don't want to own anything. I just want to profit on the movement. Options work good for that. Options, you don't, you're not required to own the stock. You can just, you can profit on the movement of the stock. Oh really? Yeah, and since it's We're done, and since it's done on a multiplier of a hundred, your options for upsides are good, and your and your downsides limited. As long as you're not selling calls and selling puts, if you're just buying positions, buying calls and buying puts, your your losses are very limited. What you say, the average loss about forty dollars per contract. About yeah. Each contract exists of it gives you the option to move someone else's shares of a stock at a hundred. So one contract, you, you're getting the obligation to move. So say he had like six hundred shares of Apple. He could sell calls. I could buy the calls. But if if the call position moved into my strike price, he would lose his, his shares, and he would give me the option to either purchase those or sell that contract into the market. So I would make money on that movement. But if it never moves, then I don't make any money, and he gets to collect, he gets to collect rent on me, get, me getting the option to move his shares if it moves into a strike price. And that's the 40 bucks. Yes. <laughs> But that's my limited loss. My limited loss is 40, but my upside can be fucking massive because it's 100 times a multiplier. Nice. But, but it's, it's gambling. It's all gambling. It's very sophisticated. sophisticated <laughs> yes. Sophisticated <laughs> understanding how rigged a lot of shit is. That's a lot more than 52 cards, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> this is cool. This is what I always wanted in life years ago because I have a relative who's basically his whole job is fucking investing and doing shit. He works from home, has a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah. First time I ever had was that Johnny Walker, uh, what's the one, the black label, good shit? <coughs> had a shot of that on my birthday, gulped it down like a white trash piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and went, wow, that is smooth. Well, got to go. I'm driving. <laughs> is there anything you wanted to cover on that? I know I kind of went on a little bit of a rant, but what do, what do you think about, do, do you think separating the commercial and the investment banks what what would you say the overall? What, was there enough pros, enough cons? Was it legitimate? I think it was legitimate when you had less involvement of the government in the economy, because back then a lot of this stuff happened. The government had a very small intervention; it couldn't really distort a lot of things. So it, they they claim well it did good for almost for almost all the way to the eighties. Yeah, but look how much government involvement you really had in a lot of those things. Yeah, a lot more sound money, sound money all the way. Brent Woods. Yeah, they had what in the seventies, right? Yeah. I mean, you can only you can only distort it, but at the end of the day, real market stuff would happen and make the corrections. Is there a graph to. of that of government interference due to true prosperity? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's probably shows the less interference well, there is, it, the more prosperity. There well, is. the best is too. They overlay it with gold, and they show you how far. Shocker. We, yeah, they show you the deviation. Yeah, something you can't lie about. Yes, that's what that's what gold is, in my opinion. It's yeah, it's, it's a truth teller. Yeah, isn't it also weird that it's a type of metal that can't be um, what's the word corroded? Silver is the same way. Yeah. Then it's 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 Platinum, actually it is what precious it is. Metals. It is what it is. You can't lie about it. You can't all of a sudden go, Oh, hey, by the way, it's worth da 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 because hey, how much are you holding? Um And that's why they went away from the gold standard is because they couldn't they couldn't play their games. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I mean if if you have a if you have a tethering effect to your currency, but you're printing the currency, that's fine. You can print it. But that twenty dollars no longer gets you an ounce of gold. 
I can see why they went with the fiat thing, though, because if you expand in population, but you're on a gold standard, now you can only have so many millionaires. And no, I you don't, because you, you, <laughs> you, you just change. You, you can adjust. The, the purchasing power adjusts to the economic demand. Mm. So, like I said, you got to remember, too, there was silver in the economy, too. Okay. So you, you, silver is your cheaper buying point. Gold's your gold's the equivalent of pulling out a hundred dollar bill. Okay, there you go. So that's the old a, Benjamin. Yeah, it's that's the equivalent. So the average person had a lot of silver. Silver did your regular transactions. When you made a big purchase, it was gold. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I had silver and, and certificates, then, and, back but then in you the day. can coin it in the different sizes. You can coin an ounce, two ounce, a brick, or whatever it is. Yeah, okay. So start it, fracturing it out for purchasing. Yeah, and, and but you can't just automatically print it, and, and it's and it's hard to get inflation when you have those hard metals. Yeah, again, that still tells me that that's you can't game the machine as much. But think right? about it: if 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 no, if the only way coinage gets put into existence is either government does it, that means the government needs to figure out how to pay people to mine it, or people are out mining it and then mining their own money at a mining facility. The money, the the gold's still legit. It still took energy and effort for that person to get out of the ground to get it. They get it minted and then they get it put in supply. For some reason, that reminded me of the story. How yeah, the guys then the guys not in the backyard just running the printing press. Well, remember what all the states had their own currency at one point. And that was confusing when you travel across state lines and try and spend a freaking Connecticut dollar in Vermont. And but but so so if you understand that, that still is an issue with the fiat money, not the actual gold standard and hard money standard. True, because if your bill is worth point one ounce. You're buying point one ounce worth of resources. It's still the same transaction. Yeah. So if 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 you're Connecticut and I'm California and we're upping on a gold and silver standard, does it really change? No. It still makes sense. Yeah. It would still. I mean, you you, you set the you set what the value of that gold is at an ounce, and then you and then different subfractions, and then you set the the coin and you keep that at standard across the U.S. So it doesn't matter what state you go into, you have set a standard that doesn't fluctuate between those. And then, and then the world economy knows there's th- what the standard of that purchasing power is, too. That seems a lot more straightforward. It is. <laughs> it, it, it does get complicated. I'm not going to say that's the best idea, but it's better than just being able to print dollars and be an unaccounted for them. Go, 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 go. And not that, but it, if, you, if you have coinage, you don't have to keep it at a bank. Oh, yeah, true. What's the chance of a, of a, of a, of a silver ounce um, gold coin going bad? No, you just have to keep it away from a rubber. Yeah, what happens when it floods? It's still the faint. It's still oh, the same. Weird. It's non-corrosive. Oh, yeah. Okay. You can just bury it in the ground if you're worried about it. Yeah. Dollars, fuck, man. Hope that paper doesn't fall apart. Right. It's not as flammable as it used to be, but it's still flammable. That's why the thing about going to digital currency that way they have all the money whenever they want it. It's full operation control. Yeah. You, you you now instead of money because money at the end of the day is decentralized to a degree, but if you give somebody can full operation of how it's moving. You've now made it central. What would the unintended consequence? What is it? What if, if all of a sudden that was the movement that made cryptocurrency go? So you still couldn't lie about it because it's all backed by the chain. Blockchain. Blockchains. See, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I know the Fed now is warming up to the idea of Bitcoin because you can monetize every. No, please trans- stay away from it, guys. Let it be its own thing. You can monetize every transaction. There's a blockchain ledger, so it tells you exactly who spent what or what address it went to. Again, too much power for these humans to have. <laughs> I agree, dude. Corruptibility just is infallible. It's a guarantee. Death, taxes, and corruptibility. We need to add that because those are the guarantees in life. Uh, there's uh, tax, lie, and uh, stagflation. There's one guy who says that all the time. I follow. Really? Yeah, it's a lot of true. What was stagflation? Stagnant? 
Stagflation is where raises prices are moving up, but wages are staying exactly the same. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, I so, saw that in one of the videos. So, what does that do to your your ability to buy things? You get, so, if you're making the same amount, but everything that 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 you need to buy when it comes to food and anything, housing doesn't pick something. Goods goes up. How much can you really purchase now? No, that's that's what I was freaking out about back in I think 2010. I was like, "Fuck, I'm still making the same goddamn money I was, and this is I can't fucking." Great, I got to downsize my house now. I got to work twice as hard for the same amount of money, and everything costs fucking twice as much. Is bullshit. And as people don't understand, you know, they want to say raise minimum wage to thirty bucks an hour. That just makes your that dollar devalue so much. Well, no, yeah. that all it does is it it kills skilled labor. Well, and so then what's the point of doing skilled labor if you can make the same money not doing skilled labor? Right. Again, that's that that is the death of a society right there. All of a sudden, everybody's just it's a, the same a, idiocracy. Everybody gets the same. Yeah. Then why would I do anything that requires me learning something? Right. Why would I want to learn that when I could just go flip a fucking burger? I know how to do that. Yeah, and, if, and even if I fucking burn the burger, who gives a shit? I'm union. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's let's throw all the bad shit into one fucking pile, and that's where we're headed, I think. Anything you wanted to put on the... about the, 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 the Give an opposing argument why you think uh, unregulated uh, commercial investment banking is bad. to do <laughs> <laughs> no but I, I, you could make arguments why why regulating by well, doing the glass eagle was a good thing uh, you could but then it's easy to debunk a lot of them too yeah no oh, as you run down you're like Whoa. yeah it's like confidence for example Co- confidence in what the game system well that's what i've literally unpacked that in my head throughout this episode yeah it's just, I was like holy shit confidence is a manufactured thing like i was saying before no matter what you don't have to understand the market you just got to understand what they're selling confidence in and then there you go. All the fucking lemmings are going to run off the hill. You get out before they find out what's going yeah, on. This Boom, company is so amazing. Aren't they about to go bankrupt? No, 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 no. They're not. This company, yeah. So if you can catch it right at the announcement of this company is amazing, invest. And then sell watch off. It, watch it go up. The next morning you fucking sell off and then watch everybody else fucking go, wait a minute. why? why and that's work? why options are amazing. <clears throat> options give you the ability to just buy an initial small position. And if it skyrockets, you make a fuck ton of money, then you load the contracts right away. Interesting. Yes, and it's, I know I, what I'm reading when I. Go I, home. I know options have turned into a giant bubble because of that. Really? Yeah, it's another bubble that everybody. Well, it's not a bubble. It's just everybody understands why would I fucking hold this this junk shit that has a chance of falling apart? Right. I'd rather buy something that has limited downside and high upside potential. Wow, again with idiocracy, everybody's doing. Brought to you by Carl Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to put on that, man? Um, there's uh, the, actually, I was going to tell you, there's a good book. I think you might have told me about it with Peter Schiff. Um, it's called like How an Economy Grows. Grows and Crashes. Yes. Perfect example. Um, it dumps it down so much. To the average person. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. I, I, I listen to it in the car and my daughter's in the backseat. She <laughs> goes, I talk, about? I talk economics yeah. all the time with my kids. Yeah. What's your daughter say in the back seat when you're? She, she's like, why would they do that or something? She's like, that's it just good. gets her mind going. And that's as good because now you start understanding what the real incentive behind a lot of these things are. Yeah. I like, know I am. Like I said, that book just dumps it down so much that anybody could understand how and why like inflation or stuff happens and why it's good and why it's bad. Did you have that on Audible? I do yes. actually. Yeah, Peter Schiff's probably one of my. Uh, 
I don't agree with everything he says, but if you he doesn't You're not supposed to though. You're not I mean, supposed that's how to. it works. Form your own fucking opinion. But he gives you the groundwork to understand how these things operate. He gives you all these this is why. This is why. It's not always true, but you have a better understanding when these things take place why they did. Hmm. I'm full on gonna buy that book now. It's it's a good book, like I said. Well, I need to do a lot of one oh one because I've I've joked about it on the show. It's like why the fuck did I study music and fucking psychology and fucking is way funner. It is way funner, dude. And economics. The, the dude, pussy's way better than economic Yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, economics is one of those things. It's it's good to know and all these things, but even then, understanding it, you're still fighting a major... You're still fighting the Fed when it comes to trying to move against them or understand where it goes. Oh, and you just said it, really. Understanding this stuff is not that much fun. It's actually... It's almost like anything else. It's almost like red-pilling yourself in an... Again. Because all of a sudden, you start... It's hard to study because you get more and more fucking mad going, God damn! Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what happens. You sit there, like back when the gyms were open, I used to go to the gym, and I'm like, I just get pissed at how the government messes with all this. Yeah, yeah, and you don't realize. I mean, you kind of always knew it was there. Yeah. But once you start figuring out how deep their and, roots and go, the, you're like, fuck. And, and the deeper you go, the matter you get. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, the thing too is you got to remember, you can't just follow one guy. There's multiple people. Like you said, it's a picture. It's a, yeah. You're 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 taking guys that specialize in these things, and then you're watching them read these things together. Like, <laughs> the Triforce of Wisdom was actually three pieces. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You got to go on a hunt for all the different pieces to piece it together. So true too. Oh yeah. No, I dig it. I dig it. That's fuck it. This this just shows fun for me to learn. Because I don't, I've never really delved that much into this. Probably because I know it pisses me off. Yeah, there's there's links on our channel, you guys. Check out some of the people we have it. Um, if, if you go on our, our channel page, there's a couple different ones attached to it to the channel. But I mean, a lot of these guys, like I said, keep in mind a lot of these guys are more sound money guys and and actually sending. Uh, and these guys are free market guys. And, th- and the reason I put them on there is you're not going to get free market guys on any mainstream television. Those are the links you sent me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free mark, freaking market guys aren't about back backstopping bad behavior. They're about letting bad behavior take the course it's going to take. Play out. Yeah. Yes, no, it yeah. should be too. Yeah, like, you need that chaos to breed fertile ground for understanding what we did wrong. Oh, nothing would make me happier than seeing that fucking douchebag in Miami have to sell his Lamborghini and his yacht because he was had a lot of bad behavior, and now it's like, <laughs> I'll see you at McDonald's, buddy. See, but I think I think a lot of those guys at the very top suffered very little. Those aren't even the top guys that fucking no, do that shit. Aren't. Remember the '80s Wall Street douchebags <coughs> that fucking all of a sudden they're like, yeah, I used to have this and that and hookers every weekend and blah blah blah, and I blew all my money on blow. Well, look at the story you can, you can tell, though. They're good mean. stories. You want to come on and tell one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, well, I'm ready for that. <laughs> this one time I was so coked out, my dick came out of my asshole. That's how coked out I was. It happens. <laughs> He's got to have the blow, girl blow air in your asshole. Yeah. Pops it out like a little fucking, <laughs> like a wacky wave of inflatable arm flailing tube, man. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to cover, man? Well, I was... Yeah, go there, for it. There's some go research it, on, you know, the glass steagle thing. Um... It would have been good if if all these loopholes weren't there. Like, um, because the, the bank, certain banks have to fail in order for stuff to Accountab- work out. Accountability. Yeah. yeah. The failure mechanism for, that, that's the mechanism for accountability is failure. No doubt, huh? Think about it. If you don't have the failure, where's your accountability lie? Failure's not a bad thing. You can learn from it. It is. I, I'm 100% stand behind that. I don't understand why the government doesn't allow that. It's like, they're scared that one bank's going to fail. Yeah. 
Think about it. They're afraid but, but of you're hard gonna, times. You're going to have somebody that's going to come, another bank that's going to purchase what the assets they have Hopefully. and take over. The better business model will prevail. Yeah. What, it doesn't matter if another bank buys it because what's the Fed doing? Yeah. Backing it. Buying mortgage-backed securities. Why in the fuck are they doing that? I think this is, this is the culmination of like what I said on Friday. When these career politicians have to make decisions on based on whether or not they're going to get reelected, it changes the dynamic of the field. Period. So when these guys don't want the, econo- the economy to go down, they know the loopholes are there because their buddies work in the private sector. See, they're being lobbied. No, 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 no. I think you're wrong. Really? I think politicians are so fucking dumb. And, and people are just telling them some bullshit. And they're just like, yes. You think the politicians really thinking about anything other than getting reelected and how to stay in office? That's what I'm saying. They're trying to get reelected. <coughs> yeah, but they, they, they're trying to get reelected, but they have no idea. They have no clue. The Fed doesn't even know how to fucking get interest oh, okay. rates. Okay, so in, AOC is the only one who's really wearing it. The rest of them are the equivalent of that bitch. Yes, hundred percent. I must. I must meditate on this. <laughs> yeah, fucking. Even the Fed, like, wow, okay, Jeff I never Sni- really actually thought. I give Jeff, these people some credit. Jeff Snyder and, and Brett Johnson that did a really good job. They just did a podcast on the Alhambra vesting, and they're everybody's on the inflationary side. These guys are on deflationary, and they make a very tangible argument why that's going to happen. And what they make out is that the Fed is completely inept at understanding how markets are actually working because they have distorted them so long, they don't really know what they got to do to get inflation going. They're having major issues in a lot of area getting inflation, but the speculative markets are fucking doing just fine for now. So they're the literal, they're the literal sense of make it up in volume because they're so dumb. They're just not, re- they're not, replacing not, not even people. that. They'll say that and then it'll change a week later. No shit. Because they don't really know what it's taking. Because mm-hmm. everybody's so used to operating in the distortion, and now we've been doing this distortion for so long that whatever they do never has the intended consequences. Because nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Like the one um, in, what is it, investment professor, economics professor, you were talking, you were Ubering, and you yeah. talked about gold, and he had no fucking clue. That's that's a major red flag. Yeah, wh- why, why would you buy gold? Because bonds are negative in Europe. Oh, so that, I mean, but that means it's safe. How? How does that mean it's safe? <laughs> it's, it's a negative yield. You have inflation guaranteed 2%, which is probably higher. So now you're getting you're getting stabbed on both ends. Yeah, and he's like, well, that's just, that's your option. It's like, no. You have an option of gold or pulling your money out of the market or pulling your money out of banks. He's like, well, that's as bad because it's everybody. Why? Because you're protecting your own interest? Hmm. I'm confused. Explain that to me. He couldn't fucking begin to explain He's, that. he's reciting textbook shit, huh? He reti- he's reciting a teacher who has never been pushed against. Ah. It's easy to say that, and it's another thing to sit there when someone fucking calls your hand and explains to you why you went off the rails. Then it's like, oh, uh, uh, ow. Yeah, judging by your uh, increased a bit of frustration, I can tell that I'm right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, okay, that makes sense. And then he told me, he's like, well, what would you do? Let whatever happens going to happen? Let the cars fall where they may. Yeah. If more people were educated about malinvestment and banks' risky practices, and people want to pull money in the bank and keep a majority of it in their house or in a safety deposit box or transition into gold where it has a long shelf life, leave that option open. So the only option is to keep in these banks that are doing bullshit things? Man. Maybe, Think about that. Maybe the end is nigh. Who knows? That's no, but like, <laughs> but that's what I was telling the guy, and he couldn't fucking be, he just like, he didn't know how to react. He's like, uh. Wow, so he. Banks can- are nothing. Banks and central governments are nothing but a, a net good. And I was like, oh, yeah? Think so. <laughs> a negative yielding bond for 10 years? That's good. A negative 
fucking 30-year mortgage, that's a good for the market? See, and that is... Well, so, how the fuck so is that So we're already me? pushing banks into risky, risky, risky fucking areas to try to generate yield, and you're okay with a negative-yielding 30-year debt from a bank. You're saying risky because at some point it's going to turn around and be profitable? I mean... No, risky is risky. Like if when, you, when you start fucking compiling all those things together, that sounds like a disaster on the horizon. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck if this thing's got three wheels. Get on the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like I can, I can wow. tell. I can tell when I was telling him, he was like, "Holy shit, what am I talking about? What have I done with my life?" Well, I, I was just, and he's like, "Would you study that?" I was like, "Online." He's like, "Okay, I don't know about that." I was like, "Well, there's see, that's I have a huge there's a problem. million badass yeah. hedge fund investors that are on YouTube that actually explain the bullshit that happens." Yeah, I, I love people that think education can only happen yeah. in a fucking cathedral. Hedge Eye is a badass one, dude. Uh, fucking Hedge Eye does a really good job, and he is brutally honest about how stupid the Fed is. And he's really? fucking been killing it on the market because he's anticipating the Fed been has, so he's been banking on the Fed's doing exactly what it's doing, being dumb. Yep, mm. and he's been killing it every step of the way, and he just comes on there and brags about it like these fucking idiots. What's that have one called? No, what? What's that guy called? Hedge Eye. Hedge Eye. Yeah, Hedge Eye. Yeah, you sent me that one. Yeah, Hedge Eye. I think he's on our channel. I think I got him his channel link. Well, too. now I got to go back because these guys don't post a whole lot of stuff. I'm not getting a lot of Hedge Eye. Put small ones on there. That's good. Little little tasty morsels yeah. kind of things. L- yeah. L- and, and it's just him. Like They've been front-running the Fed for years now. Like All these guys understand what the Fed's doing, so they understand where they're going. So guess what they do? They set up trades, and they capitalize when it goes to the peak cycle, and then they fucking unload it to the rest of the idiots because everybody's bought into the Fed, and then, and then the Fed can't control it. And then it, it goes to a correction, and they profit on the put position, and then they rebuy it. They're just, they understand how inept the Fed has at pulling the things off. And it's reactionary, not proactive. Yeah. So you, you, they're you, being proactive and making a fucking ton of it. They're being proactive because they understand what position the Fed's in. Hmm. They're completely inept to actually make the changes they want to. But the thing is, they know when people see the Fed doing something, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, it's going to fix the market. Causes a small rally. They profit. They buy, a, they buy a put. It crashes. Then they rebuy the calls again. And they're, there's, they're moving positions because they understand that people are idiots and they're following the cycle, which you shouldn't be. You should be out on the front of the wave before it turns into a wave. See, and I'm okay with that, taking advantage of idiots. The older I get, the more I realize that... like we, You can't control them. If they're going to be dumb, you're going to be dumb. But you're going to be problem. dumb, but I can make money off of you, moron. So yeah. here we go. Okay, cool. I'm how, is that, how is that wrong? If you're, you as the other person aren't going to understand these things and you're going to act like it's not your job to understand it, that's fine. You're opening yourself up to market volatility, doing that. Okay, mind open. I got some research to do. Anything else you wanted to cover on that, man? Nah, that's it. All right. On that note, I hope everybody's brain hurts as much as mine does. I learned a lot on this episode, so see you next time. Peace.